Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hi there, and welcome to Back to Basics. I'm beyond excited because today I have someone on the show whose music I've enjoyed for most of my life. Any Venezuelan would agree that he's one of the musicians, singer-songwriter that we're most proud of. He's Grammy-nominated, has composed or written over 200 songs, and had six platinum-certified albums. I'm sure that this short intro doesn't serve justice to all his achievements, but I'd love for Mr. Frank Intero himself to tell us about it. Hello, Frank. How are you doing? How are you, Leticia? Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Needless to say, it's an honor. I've admired you most of my life, and uh, <laughs> I've had the pleasure in the past to meet you in person, thanks to my loving husband who has played <laughs> guitar with you. That's how lucky I got. So, Frank, one of the reasons why I thought you would be a great guest for this podcast is basically because you are someone that, in my opinion, is living the life you want. You, I can bet you love music, and I'll let you tell us about it. But not many people, you know, live that life. They all dream about playing the guitar or playing being a musician. You are one of the guys that actually is getting to do it. So I would love to hear your perspective on that. And uh, why don't you start with your childhood and tell us about uh, Frank Intero, Francisco, right? Juan Francisco. Juan Francisco. So tell me about Juan Francisco as a child and, and what you like to do and how your childhood was and how you got that first connection with music. My father was a musician. He was a, a bass player. He also played piano and guitar. And ever, I can remember, I used to go with him to the studios, the recording studios, the TV studios, radio stations. And so all of his friends were musicians, so I grew up among musicians. So when I remember when I was, uh, I think, eight, maybe eight or nine, because he, he was playing every night, you know, in clubs. And so he got home really you know, early in the morning, like, 5 a.m., 4 a.m. I remember one day that I was getting out of bed to go to school and he was coming in. So he asked me, he had sat down with me and said, can you do this? And he played me the bossa nova rhythm from the table. So I did it. He said, can you do this other thing? And so can you do this with your left hand, with your right hand? So he discovered that I, was, that I had the ability to the independence of my hands and my arms, right? So next thing you know, he got me a drum set. Wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. a cool dad. Yeah, and then I, I started playing the drums because he was a friend of the drummer of this famous guy, Vania Tolina. He was like a Johnny Carson in Venezuela. So he got the drum set I got was his for, for this guy. Georgie Lister was his name. So the funny thing is that the set was a lot of drum, exactly as the one that Ringo has for the Beatles. 
Wow. Oh my God. That right then when I got out of school, like elementary, I went to the military school. I was eleven years old. So I joined the the martial band. So the guy who directed the band showed me how to play the snare drum and read, you know, the rudiments, the, the, the exercises on the snare drum. So uh, at 11 years old, I was reading music already. That's very impressive. Yeah. So, so I joined the rock and roll band that the school has. It was a military school that the, the school has. So we start playing around the city to other uh, colleges. So when I got there, uh, I got out. I was like 15, maybe. Uh, I, jo I made this band with the song of a trumpet player, friend of my father, he was a drummer, because I was playing drums and singing, and then a friend of mine told me, you know what? That is good and everything, but but I can see you because you are behind the drums. So if you want to be a singer, you have to be a front. Hmm. So get another guy who plays the drums so you can sing. So then I started learning to play the guitar so I can sing and play. Was that disappointing at some point? Like maybe you like the drums so much and you say, you know, I like the drums or you were set on, okay, I want to be a singer more than play the drums or it was just natural? No, he was proud, but on the other hand, he wanted me to study instead of being a musician. So, so we had this fight because he was always like uh, telling me, "Hey, what are you? You gotta go to school and everything." So, we, my mother, was like a cover of this situation. We play in clubs at night, so she called us, "Hey, she call me when you get the gig is end up." So we call her and say. Come, 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 come. Your father's coming back. So we got home <laughs> and we got into bed, like all our stuff and everything was <laughs> to our back. And then that we opened the door and said, Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So, There's always a woman behind every great man. That, that <laughs> Of course. And my mother was the one who practically inspired us to, to, to be in the music business. And now I understand why he didn't want us to be a musician because this is a. This career is, I think it's one of the, maybe I'm wrong, but it's one of the less careers that are really connected to your ego, you know? Because if you are successful, you gotta be in the front page all the time, you know? So people, if you disappear for years, they say, what happened to this guy else? And they forget about you. And the record company, they sign your life away. You have to do everything. they. They put you in, you know, in the in the spotlight, and then all of a sudden they drop the ball and they get another guy. So you're really famous today, and a year later you're nobody. Yeah, that's true, but that's not your case because you're still very famous to us. <laughs> I started so young, and I was very fortunate because I, my father put me through this guy, Alemán Romero, who was the great musician and I traveled the world with him and he taught me how to read music, how to write music, how to sing and how to understand, you know, the Venezuelan musical, which is 
really open wide. I mean, you can hear like ballads and then the Horopo and then the 3-4 and the 6-8 and 12-8. And then you have this, the Cuatro, the Maracas, the Horopo, which is one for the central part of Venezuela, the one for the south, the east and west. So different. And many kinds of, of Venezuelan expression that they also have to do something to do with the, with the music from, from Africa, from Spain, from the Middle East. Everything is connected. Absolutely. So that's why I started writing music. And, and I understood that no matter how good you are, what, the only thing that does transcend and go beyond you know, the time, the time is the songs. No matter who sing it, no matter who write it, what really live through, you know, the minds of the people forever and ever is, is the songs. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's why you really came to mind with this podcast is you, because you're a great example of someone that in Latin America and Venezuela uh, reach basically the top of, of a stardom for any Venezuelans. We all listen to your songs. You put some of your songs can be sang. I sing them even if I don't hear them for 15 years. I still know, <laughs> know the lyrics, which is powerful. And then and you're still being constant in, in, in doing your music and, and people think you don't see you. But then if, if you are in your circle or, or you follow through Facebook, you're very active in doing things. And, yeah. and just uh, one of your favorite albums, actually, that I love, the one uh, Natural, that you had Miguel Bosé on that. I mean, that is full of collaborations that are just beautiful. I think you keep giving back to, to the people and to the music, but I can recognize that how the whole landscape has changed for you guys as musicians and as singers, yeah. that it definitely must not be easy. Do you feel, obviously, music has been your connection to who you are? And uh, I have a, a question for the end that's uh, always important. But uh, do you feel because things have changed, that has changed too a little bit, that is harder and you cannot focus so much on what you like and have to focus on how to get the music out there? No, that's a good point. You know, the, the industry, I mean, I think the, the digital area, uh, uh, the era, how, how should I call it, Digital changes everything. I mean, back in the day, you know, you have to buy the whole album to listen to your favorite song on the radio. And maybe if, if, if you were lucky, you, you will like all the songs, but chances were that you just like one song. But the artist got paid for the whole, whole album, mm -hmm. see? Yes. And now, because of the digital area, uh, Practically, the, the, the CDs, they disappear. That's like a, from the dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. Area. And not to mention the LP, the vinyl, which is, it, it now is a fashion. Like, like you can buy an LP for 100 bucks or something like that, but it's collector's item. Yes, yes. And you used to listen to radio to hear your songs. Now, like my kids, they don't listen to it really, they watch TV. You know, they attach their iPhones like 24 seven. Or they go to YouTube or they ask Alexa. I have my daughter, she's four and she goes, Alexa, play. That's right, you know. And you know, through, and my, my youngest, she's 13, through him, 
I know a lot of artists that I don't, I would, wouldn't even know about them if, if it wasn't because of him. Guy like Bad from Japan, they, they actually sing in Japanese, and my son, he, he sings the songs in Japanese. And he knows this all, but the, on the other hand, he knows about Queen, he knows about the Beatles, he knows about Tom Jones, he knows, you know, like vintage artists, I don't know how, but he does. Yeah, well, he's your son. I'm sure you have had a little bit of influence there. <laughs> yeah, so we had to re re recreate ourselves to be a part of this humongously big marathon with this, all the artists are running, and you're not in the first row, maybe you're in the row not in a million thirteen, but you are there. And... In my case, which I feel really fortunate and, and thank and grateful to my dad. And so I have these people that follow me around, no matter where I am. I'm going to Australia, to Australia in June. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, for a five-week tour, for a five-city tour. And it's amazing, you know, that I've been traveling the world to play for, for the nostalgic Venezuelan people all over the world. Yes, and we are that many now. <laughs> so. Oh, you know, you would be surprised. Like I, w I went to Chile uh, last year, and I felt like I was walking in Caracas. You know, like everybody, hey friend, how are you? <laughs> I stopped every corner to talk to some people. You know, also in Buenos Aires and São Paulo, Bogota. Uh, you know, everywhere. I imagine that, uh, and I don't want to get into politics because, I, but the back to basics also goes to any Venezuelan that has had to leave their country. You didn't, for what I understand, leave Venezuela because of that, but still you are living abroad. Like me, right. I didn't leave because of the situation, but I consider myself with a group of people that misses their country. I imagine, at least for me as a Venezuelan, when I listen to your songs, they have the ability. And then you see, they see you there. It's almost like, it's possible that we can go back to the good things that we miss. And uh, so we dream. I'm sure I'll be there. I don't know how, but whenever you do the first concerts that you're going to do in Caracas or Venezuela after things change, I definitely want to be part of that because I think there are special moments ahead. And, and as a musician, I think you, ha you will have all musicians of your era will have a very important role to play to bring us back to where we need to be. I dream about it, you know, because people write to me and, you know, to the social media and ask me, when are you going to play there? And I tell them, it's not because of money. It's because, you know, it's not safe. It's because I don't want to be, I don't want to see the country as it is right now. When I go back, I want to see the country that I left. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful place. With people happy. And, and Caracas is, you know, I used to, to brag about it. This Caracas is one of the best cities in the world. You can eat, like, great. You can go to, you can travel. You can, you, you go to the beach. You have mountains. You have snow. You have everything in Venezuela. Venezuela was an incredible country. Yes. And that's the way I want to, you know, keep it in my mind. I want to see that. And I would love, it. maybe, I, I, I might organize a concert, you know, for free, for people to, when, when, when we 
regain the country. Yeah, that would be a great celebration. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'll donate a few cases of champagne so that, <laughs> that we can toast uh, in, the, in your concert for sure. <laughs> Going uh, back a little bit, so yeah, are there anything, uh, any regrets when you say that your dad said you should have studied? Are there any, or you feel uh, that you pursue your, your, your life's passion and you feel like, yeah, this is, I, there's no other thing I could have been. I was talking to my brother about it the other day because my father came from a Latin, for a musical Latin education. So he, he, his vision was through the uh, bolero or the, the charanda and, and salsa and these Latin famous guys. But even though he used to listen to jazz a lot. So I learned about jazz because of him. But when we were hit by the British invasion, like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Armaments and the Kings, all those, those guys. So we made it the tour and we you know, just <clears throat> went that way. And that was a shock for him because I think he, he was expecting us to follow his footsteps and we didn't. So we kind of distance from each other. And so, you know, I used to be very attached to my dad when I was a kid. And then when I turned 18, I was a teenager. So we kind of went, went you know, rose apart. And that, I had my, my 20-year-old, 22-year-old, he's a drummer, and he was into this heavy grunge kind of rock, you know, like, Diabolic rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, my God, I was, oh man, my, my dad would, you know, get on his knees on, on, on asking for forgiveness because he used to criticize my Beatles. <laughs> and then one day he has, he called and said, have you, have you heard the new John Mayer album? I said, do you like John Mayer? Yes. He just changed. Oh, interesting, just by influence. So, so by here being exposed to something else. Yeah, and he asked me, do you have a problem with that? I said, no, no. <laughs> you can listen to whatever you like and you know, use my song. And I'm going to you know, be with you no matter what music. And I went to see him playing with his band. That was his band. And, and he, he, he asked me, did you like it? And I said, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the power of love. <laughs> it will make you laugh. <laughs> It will make you lie to that. And I promised myself that's what's going to happen with me and my son. I'm just going to be next to him no matter if he told me to, next, tell me tomorrow that he's going to he's gonna play in the reggaeton band, you know, I'm going to embrace him anyway. Because that's his name. That is true. That is true. So if you have one hour to do something in your spare time or something that you say, I have one hour for me and I'm going to feel good about that, what would you be doing? There's two things I really, really, really like. You know, I watch a lot of movies. Like, I'm a, I'm a movie fan. So, and not because of the distractions, you know, I'm a fan of the directors. I've, I, I see more than the actors and follow the directors. So, I'm a Ridley Scott fan. So, I, I watch everything he does. And uh, because of Netflix, now I, I sit down and I watch these incredible movies. And the other thing what I, I like to do, I go to, I just sit down sometimes 
in the park or on, on a bus, uh, you know, those tools, and watch people. So what they do, the way they walk, uh, the, the movement of the city, that's great. They'll give you, it's like, it's, it's like a hypnotic. When I'm really, when I have the thing, because I have to write music, so I have in my mind the music like, like a, you know, like an echo, the, the endless echo, and really drive me crazy. So mm -hmm. I have to get my mind out of the music. So I do that sometimes. That is interesting. I love that approach because some people, you know, they would say, I will go to music to relax. But for you, sometimes you need to get out of music because it's really your life. Yeah, yeah you know, especially, you know, now that I'm trying to mix my, 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 my recording. So not to mention you have to write and perform and then you have to listen to the song a million times. That's, that's really a torture, you know? Yes. I can see that now that I sometimes edit the podcasts and I enjoy each conversation so much, but I can, I can relate. I say, I can do the podcast. I cannot do the editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need somebody else to do that. But because of the, of the, uh, the softwares, I, it's great because now you have, if you don't know how to do something, you show up YouTube and said, how can I do this? And they said, hi, my name is Mike. And I'm going to show you. <laughs> so it's, it's like uh, the new LaRousse encyclopedia you know yes you can you can build disarm a play ensemble a plane you know with somebody you know so i'm getting to know the acoustics and how the wave the the electronic and, and digital wave how they work it's really interesting but it takes a lot of time so i need sometimes you know, now my wife got a dog <laughs> The dog is, you know, it's, I used to, I was against it, but now the dog is like, you know, it's, just, it, it's really great. It's a companion. Yes, yeah, it's a friend. He is always happy to see you no matter what. Yeah, I'm sure you, you were from home probably, right? Yeah. Most of yeah. the time. So I, I can tell that you're doing your music. You have to be on your head and you're working from home. So definitely I don't, I'm not surprised that you go out and, and you sit and, and, and look at the city and see what's going on outside. Yeah, uh, we just moved and then I go out with him. I used to take him on a leash now and I just set him free. And he's like, and he will walk ahead and then he starts to look. And when I see them there, he's... You know, It's so it's the first thing that I see every morning is him because he goes to to the bed and he got like it starts licking you. <laughs> well, everybody loves Frank Quintero. What can you say? <laughs> <laughs> Even the dogs, yeah. Yeah. So Frank, I know you're busy. So just getting to the last couple of questions, what would you be your advice? to have a fulfilled life for everybody out there struggling that they work, but they want to build in their passion into their lives and their parents, such as you are. Do you have any like savviness or wisdom that you like to share? You just said it, passion. Passion is the only thing that makes you do things better. You know? Yeah, that, that, that's my last question. It's always what makes you tick. And yeah, no, no matter what, you know, if you have the passion for it, You're going to be great at it. First of all, you have to believe, like when I'm teaching now, and, you know, some of the, my kids, I ask the first question I ask them, why do you want to be a musician? Okay, I gave you the, the answers. 
for fun? Do you want to be famous for money? Do you want to uh, con uh, con conquest girls or or guys? What is it? why? And so why are you asking me? Is because that's the different. According to your answer, you're gonna have. I I am no. I'm gonna teach you what you need to know. If you want to be a musician, so I can give you what I what I know or my knowledge. But if you just want to play, then I can give you that. You don't have to study. I show you how to play. But you have to be passionate about it. You have to practice. You have to listen to music. I, I just ran to this book called "This Is Your Brain in Music." It's a wonderful book. Is you know, is this this guy? He says his musical approach changed the first time he wear headphones because he could hear things in each side of the head, like the guitar here, the voice here. So the book explained how people listen, how the brain listens to sounds. For some people, a guitar is a wonderful, sweet, a male sound. Some people, if you knock on the door and you play guitar, sing, it's just noise. That's because the that's the because of the way the brain works. So it's very interesting. So I, I tell you, if you want to be a, a a priest, great. But you know, just learn about the religion and that. If you want to be an astronaut, then go to NASA. It, you see, whatever you have to do, you gotta be passionate about it. So life will reward that passion. That's a great point. And but I think you said something that's even also equally important is that you ask your students what do you want to be? And I think as adults we don't ask that that often. Like if you have a new job or you're probably thinking about changing your jobs, we don't think about why do I want to change my jobs? Why why I'm not that happy in the one I have and what would I find in the new one? People just go through the motions, maybe for more money or for because it's closer to home, but then they forget about, am I passionate about this? Would I be passionate about it? Right. That's two important points that you, you have to know what you want. Of course. And then you have to like it enough to be passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, Frank, in closing, do you want to share anything? Is there anything besides going to Australia? That sounds yeah. very exciting. Yeah, really. I'm working in, uh, I'm going to do a release three things this year. One is uh, a record um, I've been working on this for the last two years. It's called La Otra America. Okay. I like the name a lot. Yeah. Is how pop music got to South America, and by whom? Who were the guys who brought us the, the, the rock and roll music, and how got to Venezuela in the first place? Wow, I love it. Yeah, from Venezuela to Brazil. So I pick up nine countries and nine songs. It's a documentary. Okay, that sounds very exciting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's great because then, you know, what, it, what I call Outra America is People from all over South America, they, they are in all over the world, spreading the cultures, not because they want to, because they, they didn't have any other choice. So that's the new America. The other America, no, it's not North America, it's not the America that what the North American people call, I mean, welcome to America. No, this is North America. There's another America out there. Yes. Okay, the other project is, is called 
100 songs, 100, song, 100 stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, each song has a story. I adore it. It's a book. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. exciting stuff. Yeah, and the other one is a, a called, uh, my new record that is called Magneto. Magneto. Which is my most favorite, famous song, digit, like DJ versions. Mm. Like, you know, new sounds and, you know, and other people. It's... Well, that, that's why I admire of you that you've been able to like adapt and transform and shape, but leaving the essence of who you are very imprinted in there. Because, uh, I mean, anyone that has seen you sing, Lately, you always, like, you did one version for uh, La Chica de los Ochenta, which is uh -huh, a super yeah, yeah. famous song for us. And then you, you rebaptized it, what, 2030? La Chica del 2030. Yeah, <laughs> so that, yeah. that's kind of cool because you find humor in doing these things. And, and also you give people a little bit of what they want, but uh, also a little bit of the nostalgia that... That we like, which is, I mean, your voice, you have a beautiful voice is, is also, I think, one of your trademarks. So, <laughs> so you have to showcase it. Well, I'm very excited. We're going to have all the data and the links to your Facebook page. Frank uh -huh. also teaches kids music. So if you live in South Florida, if you live in Miami, check him out. And uh, I mean, who better than Frank Quintero to teach your kid? I'm considering for my son to pick <laughs> up the drums. But uh, I definitely am very, very humbled that you said yes to this, Frank. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for thinking of me and inviting me to do this. No, thank you. Thanks for supporting my podcasting journey. And I wish you the best. And I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more and hopefully celebrating very soon in Venezuela with Champagne oh, and Frank Quintero. Okay, amen. Amen. Gracias, <laughs> okay. Frank. Un abrazo. And until the next time.